Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Oh, Mike, we are dangerously close to basketball, actually counting. How do you oh feel about gosh. that? Um, I I feel happier than, I, than I've ever felt in my entire life. Wow, that might be a problem, Mike. I mean, you yeah. might have to get that checked out. I'm depressed uh, other than the the week before the NBA starts. That's the only time I'm happy. And then I watch the Bulls play, and then I immediately get depressed for the next 51 weeks. And then you're just watching the boxes? That it? That's and it? I'm just watching the boxes. I'm not watching any NBA at all. I'm just watching the boxes. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, this, this is the best time of year. Everybody's team um, who – isn't the Warriors has no chance of winning, but they they think that they might be better than than they hoped. And everybody's fantasy team, you're either drafted, about to draft, which is the probably the best part of the entire season, uh, especially if you get together, you know, and, and do a live draft with with some of your friends. And and then the season starts, it's, and it's anybody's game in, in, in fantasy basketball right now, and uh, it's the it's the best time of the year. I'm uh, I'm excited. Uh, do you, how many drafts do you have uh, coming up this uh, this weekend, Mike? I told you, man. You can't ask a degenerate like me these kind of questions. Well, you gotta you gotta admit, I, I don't have too many. I, I've weaned myself off the uh, the aggressive amount of uh, of drafts that I used to do. Um, here here's how crazy it might get for me. Just to throw another one in there, I might join one of those like crazy ESPN ones. You can join like in like two minutes and just play it out for the whole season. Oh my oh. gosh! I've stopped doing those. That, that's where I draw the line now. That's that's my that's my degenerateness getting in there just to get another one. If I um, if I don't know somebody in the league or can or or t- can tweet at somebody in the league, I'm just <laughs> I'm just not that interested in the league. I'm not that interested in the league either for the most part. Just I don't know uh, something about the those kind of leagues. It is it, entices me in. It's good experience. It, it is good experience. Uh, what do you think about the NBA coming out with a, you know, an official points league for fantasy basketball? Wow. Um, what did you think about that official point scoring? Because I think it was missing some some juiciness. It was just like not – It was pretty basic. Yeah, and then I was tweeting with somebody. Uh, someone was asking me the other day about what point scoring they should do, and – to me, I think he could have made it easier by just saying like, "This is worth one, this is worth two, and that's that's it." Whereas, like, I, I just wasn't a big fan of what they went with. Yeah, they they did six categories, which is pretty. I mean, it's, it's that's that's aggressively basic. Uh, a point's a point. A rebound is one point two points. An assist is worth one point five, and you'll get three points for every steal and block, and your uh, docked a point. For every turnover, yeah. See, I would have went with, I would have went with a point, a rebound, and assist. They're all worth a point, and then uh, a steal and a block is worth two points, and then a turnover is worth negative one point. I feel like the only reason I like that scoring system is I can add that crap up really quick, and I feel like that makes it super easy to do. Whereas, like a lot of people can't add decimals, not to disparage anybody um if you can't have decimals that's fine there's some math magicians out there who can uh, do the decimals in their head um but you know what i mean like like that's just super simple right so if we're trying to attract someone who's not super into basketball or not super into fantasy 
I feel like if you just make everything like a whole even number, you can kind of just boom, do it real quick. Like, okay, LeBron's got 10 points. He's got five rebounds and five assists. So there's 10 more. So he's got 20 and he's got a steal and a block. Those are worth two. So he's got 24. Yeah. And he had five turnovers. So I take four off. I take five off 19. Done. I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you on this. I, I, I like um, league point leagues that um, take into account, you know, field goals made, field goals attempted, and try to bring f- uh, percentages into the. Uh, try to uh, not not too many points leagues do that well, but uh, I think if you're going to do a points league, you know, your, your percentages should matter as well. To try to make it a little bit closer to a nine category league because I see I see what the NBA is trying to do here. They see how popular fantasy football is. They want to make fantasy basketball more popular, and I'm hey, we're, I'm all for it. We have a fantasy basketball podcast. The more people, the merrier, right? But I'm not gonna really be catering to this this league i don't know i i would be interested in playing one just to see what happens right but i i don't know if i, I I'm, I'm gonna want to play in one considering how basic the scoring is i'm gonna talk to somebody who plays in a similar kind of league except where they count uh just the makes so it's not percentages they just count makes and really what it does is it just it gets stat stuffers you know what i mean like it doesn't matter how efficient you are right if lebron shoots it 40 times to get 35 points it's just as good as if he shot it 15 times to get it 35 points um yeah like uh, players like Otto porter would just fall off the map but yeah so there's no there's no efficiency to it um so it's just a different way to play i don't know that it's wrong i don't know that it's bad i don't know that it's good it's just different yeah i, I wouldn't say it's i wouldn't say it is wrong way to play it's just um i'm surprised that the nba went that way but uh from what i've heard is that um it is very similar to the way people play daily fantasy basketball. The the point system is, is pretty similar. So maybe they're just trying to weed off of the people who play daily fantasy to play year long and um, hopefully get more of an audience there. But, you know, ideally I, I kind of hope, you know, this interest in fantasy basketball leads to people going, well, what, what are these category leagues? Why, are, why is that a thing? And then when they start searching for, you know, people who have been playing fantasy basketball for, um, an incredibly long amount of time, like uh, apparently I have. They they say, oh well, maybe I'll try one of those to see if it's better, and and they'll find out that it is. It is it is a better. I think it's a better way of playing. I guess to each their own, right? But it's a better way of playing. Yeah, no doubt. So yeah, I actually think uh, our our old friend Mark Roberts is doing a uh, an expert points league with the official NBA points. So. We'll have to get Mark on here to talk about that points league because I'm just not going to be able to speak to uh, to speak to that because I just, I just don't think I'm going to play in one. I got a lot of drafts this weekend. I don't want to put another draft in the mix. Yeah, no, um, I might, I might. You got a good league. You can, you can find me. I'm like, I still might join it. I, I'm just, I'm in crazy degenerate mode now. I feel like I've done all this work. I might as well put it to use in the last few days we have here before the season gets rolling. So I am just playing leagues like a fiend yeah i guess if you uh if you want if you want to start a points league based on the, the nba official points and want to invite uh tyler or i uh, feel free to tweet at us you can find tyler on twitter at watsy4444 and you can find me at watch the boxes so you know if you really need someone to fill in and you know we're going to take it seriously um feel free to tweet at us uh i'll i'll, I'll join one if it's uh, if i have to but um, not unless I get invited. I'm not going to go seeking seeking out this, these points leagues. I feel you. So the preseason is is pretty much you know 
close to being over. We've seen quite, every team play at least a couple games at this point. And um, preseason is a really weird, uh, really weird animal to uh, to figure out. Um, you, you don't really know what's real and what's not in preseason. You can kind of gain some insight on certain things for certain types of players. But, you know, if you see someone out there like Paul Millsap struggling, which I, I don't think he has, but you see Paul, Paul Millsap struggling, I'm not going to – I'm not worried about it, right? Um, I, I look at preseason more to see what the rotations are, are going to be like and to see if uh, kind of fringe players are, are better than expected or um, even players who might be breakout candidates just, just to see how they're playing. Um, and so – We've been watching the preseason. I mean, you've been watching a lot of preseason games, right, Tyler? Oh, yeah. And you see some guys who are more liberal with their shots, too. I think that um, I don't have a perfect example off the top of my head, but um, like a center, a lot of times maybe he'll shoot a couple threes in the preseason, right, because he's wide open. But then when the regular season comes, he passes up that shot for a pass because he knows it's not a really efficient shot for him. And the goal is to win games for these teams. So they don't want to – hurt their teammates by taking a shot they can hit 25% of the time when they can get a guy who can hit the shot 45% of the time. Yeah, this is this is where teams do experiment and players individually experiment with um, with playing around with a different type of shot or, or playing in a different position. And um, that used to be the kind of the thing, oh, look at this center, he's going to start shooting threes. Well, over the last season, centers did start shooting threes. And uh, it was pretty remarkable to see someone like Brooke Lopez, who really only shot like a handful of threes his entire career, uh, you know, basically almost dropped two three-pointers a game. So what we're going to do here is kind of base what we've seen in the preseason um, and see if we've changed any of our views, anything we brought up in our team previews. So we did – all 30 teams, uh, which was a uh, kind of a kind of an endeavor, um, we were kind of previewed him for the upcoming season based on what we knew at the time. And this was over the summer. This was before preseason started. And uh, there's a lot of good content in there. So I suggest, you know, going back, listening to those, especially if there's a certain couple teams you were you more interested in than another one. But um, our views have definitely uh, changed for some of these teams. Some of them, you know, are still up in the air and, some of them we probably haven't changed uh, one bit. I, I assume Golden State Warriors are still the Golden State Warriors. But uh, we're going to go through all 30 teams kind of in a rapid-fire question because we don't want this to be a five-hour podcast, which uh, it easily could uh, end up sinking into. And uh, just see, wh- I guess, what has changed between uh, my thoughts and Tyler's thoughts on on each one of these teams. Are you uh, are you ready, Tyler? Are you ready for this uh Let's not waste the minutes. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's let's get right after it. Um, Let's start alphabetically with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, The Atlanta Hawks basically have a very similar um, rotation that I I thought they were going to have. Dennis Schroeder is going to lead that team in usage. We're both on him. We almost drafted him in every one of our Who Do I drafts, which we did a um, kind of a mock draft for the first six rounds for all the top eight players. If you've got a draft coming up this weekend, I suggest going and listening to those if there's a certain player you actually are are kind of interested in. But for the Atlanta, is there anyone else in the Atlanta Hawks that uh, were interesting? Uh, Bazemore hasn't impressed me. Tarion Prince is playing a lot of minutes. Um, is there any, anyone moving up or down in standard leagues for you with Atlanta? Um, 
I got I got a thing I'll say, and then a, a question I want to ask you. Uh, Bazemore, I think he is what he is. I think he's probably gonna finish the year right around that 100 overall mark, somewhere between 90 and 110. And I don't know that I super want that in a standard league, right? But in a deeper league, that's fine. I mean, I think he is what he is. The question for me is: last pick in a standard league, do you want Torian Prince or do you want Dwayne Dedman? Ooh, um, I'm actually, I think I'm going to lean Torian Prince here. Uh, I think he's just more of a nine cat type of player. And you know that I, I, I play in mostly Roto leagues. And um, I just think Prince is, is just a little bit uh, more available on this team. He's going to play more minutes. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, you know, he's going to play 30 some minutes. He doesn't have anyone um, trying to vie for his minutes on this team. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, they could always go small and, and not play Deadman, or they could put someone like John Collins or Mike Muscala out there at center, um, whereas on the wings, I mean, they really only have – I mean, they could play Delaney and Schroeder together, I guess, in a two-guard lineup, but they only really got Bellinelli, Prince, Luke Babbitt, Kent Bazemore. I mean, they, the options aren't sounding great. Uh, DeAndre Bembry, so I, I feel a little bit better about Prince too. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think he's going to be a standard league a relevant player. Anyone else on this team, maybe in a in a deeper league? I know you you like John Collins since the beginning. Is is Mike Muscala who uh, can do some interesting things fantasy wise? Is he is he interesting you at all? Maybe in a deeper league? Um, yeah. I mean, I feel already taking about a flyer on any of those guys. Um, you got to hope that they get the minutes right. So I kind of want it to be one of my last picks in this, even in a deeper league, right? Um, because there's a lot of bodies there, but I think Muscala could be real interesting if someone like Dwayne Deadman gets hurt and Muscala's getting, you know, 30 minutes a night. It could be pretty interesting for fantasy. So um, I'm not super big on any of them, really, but I don't have a problem with taking a flyer on them. Yeah, I can't say that I'm excited about too many people on this team, but there's a lot of minutes to go around, and if you're in a in a bigger league, you know, Bazemore is going to be a, a good pickup, and, and Deadman as well. I, I see Deadman is shooting threes. We kind of mentioned that earlier just you know here's a deadman shooting threes everybody's gonna get excited about that and my guess is he's one of those players who uh, tyler mentioned who will suddenly stop shooting threes once the season starts yeah no 16 percent. not not looking pretty <laughs> no not at all let's uh let's move on to boston uh boston it's very similar to i think what we expected from them they've been uh playing around with a lot of different rotations in the preseason and and that's hard to um I guess, take any value out of what you see in their box scores for the, for the preseason because they're really not playing their um, starters in multiple games in a row. They're messing around with Jalen Brown and, and Tatum there. And um, they got Aaron Baines playing some decent minutes. Is there well, anyone I, who stood out in, in Boston for you? And I think Morris is going to play that big role of kind of like 30 minutes a game pretty close. And he's been dealing with his legal issue and then kind of getting back in shape. So that's really throwing the rotation off a little bit too. Um, I don't think it really matters who they start between Jalen Brown and Marcus Martin. I think they're both going to get somewhere between 28 and 30 minutes a game. So, I mean, in, a, in the right size league, they're both pretty valuable. Um, I like Marcus Smart a little bit better. I think I like him probably in that 90 range. Um, if I'm going to pick him, he's going to be really good at steals. Uh, you know what he is, right? He's got some warts, but I, I like him. Uh, Jalen Brown, I'm really not sure what he is, but I wouldn't hate taking a flyer on him in the end of a standard league even. I mean, if he's going to get 30 minutes a night, he could be valuable. 
Yeah, it, it does look like they um, like what they're seeing out of Jalen Brown. I think once the the real season comes around, you're you're going to see a little bit more Marcus Smart and a little less Jalen Brown, because Marcus Smart has been there. He's played against these NBA top level talents, uh, but Jalen Brown could surprise. So Jason Tatum's been getting some pretty good rot- uh, minutes in the rotation as well. I think if you're in a bigger league, he's definitely worth a a pickup there. I know um, there's all these other Ojale and. Theus and all these other guys, Aaron Baines down in the, in the in the drudges of this team, and people get excited about those types of players when they have a one good game in the preseason. Are you excited about any of them? Um, the only guy that I'm I'm super excited about. I mean, obviously, maybe you, you take a flyer on Jason Tatum if you're in a deep league. Uh, I'm kind of interested in Baines um, as a streamer type. I think he's like kind of the only true center they got. And so there might be nights where, like, oh, they're playing the Jazz and, and Rudy Gobert's in town. I could see Baines getting some, like, 25, 28, 30 minutes a night and getting you some big rebounds and shooting good percentages. That's one nice thing about Baines is he always shoots good from the free throw line. Um, so he could be kind of a, a waiver wire guy where if you're seeing a matchup where the other team's going to play big, uh, he wouldn't may not be the worst pickup. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a pretty good uh, observation that, you know, against bigger teams, they uh, Al Horford has not uh, – fared terribly well with teams that can out-rebound someone like Al Horford, and Aaron Baines is going to be a, a crutch that uh, the Boston Celtics rely on, and he would be a good streamer. Uh, I will say that I, I I was moving Kyrie up my rankings, but after seeing him play in the preseason, I'm very happy that I did, like uh, in some of the drafts where uh, it was before uh, the preseason started. Uh, I'm glad I, uh, I took Kyrie. I think Kyrie's going to be a great fit on this team, and um, I'm excited to see him play. He's going to ball out, which is always fun to watch because he's a really, really good player. Oh, for sure. Uh, let's go on to the Brooklyn Nets, who um, are going to be a very, very bad team. Uh, they, there's just, there's just nothing to like about this team from a basketball perspective, in my, in my opinion. Their bench is uh, just nothing, just nothing down there. That uh, uh, come that on, you're not loving Akil Mitchell. Uh, no, I'm actually uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is is probably one of my favorite players on on their bench, uh, simply because he would be the best player on the Chicago Bulls. Now, come on, you heard me. Um, no Miritich would run a lap around Spencer Dinwiddie. I'm sorry. I love Miritich. Don't. Uh, you're right. You're right. I, how dare so I? Would, be, so uh, would Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez is good. You've been hating on Rob, Robin Lopez lately, but we'll get to the Bulls in a second. Um, Brooklyn has played with uh, Demari Carroll. In the starting lineup, Mozgov starting at center, who is um, really just unplayable at an at a NBA pace. Jeremy Lin and, and D'Angelo Russell are not going to play any defense, and um, I think that's going to. I don't think they uh, care that they're not going to be playing any defense. Is, is there anyone at standard league value here that your your, your opinion has changed about? Uh, changed about no. Um, deeper league guy, I, I'm kind of interested in if I need some points. And some threes would be Alan Crab. Yeah, I think he's going to play a little bit more minutes. I've seen them um, kind of have him in, in in a couple of these games where he's he's looked pretty good, and he's kind of they're playing a little uh, run and gun type of offense. And I like the pace that they're playing. I, I think that's going to be really good for the stats on this team. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why you know D'Angelo Russell and, and Jeremy Lin have both kind of wherever I had them, I kind of moved them up maybe a. A handful of spots simply because I think their pace is going to help their, their stats coming into the standard league. Um, here's a question I'll ask you, where are you starting to look for Jeremy Lin? 
Um, he's obviously got a, a, a right around 90 is his ADP. Um, I mean, obviously it depends on team build and all that, but just say you need a point guard. What what spot are you starting to look for Jeremy Lin at? If I could use a point guard, I, I'd be happy to take him in the eighth round. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at. I think he's just a little undervalued, and I think even if you pick him around or two before where he's going, um, I still think there's some value there. I think he could push. I won't say he's gonna be top fifty, but I think he could push darn close to that. Yeah, I I think given the the fact that this team really doesn't have anyone to rely on at point, um, he's 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 guaranteed starter. He's gonna play a lot of minutes. You do worry a little bit about his health from last year, but I think that's all kind of passed and. Jeremy Lin, uh, one of the the best uh, voting for best hair in the in the league, and he's you know kind of sneaky when it comes to fantasy. Some, suddenly he'll put up really good steals, really good assists uh, on any given night, and uh, you know I would take him you know late in the seventh round too if I if I really needed a, a guard. Why not? Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, any any deep any deep guys other than Crab here? Uh, no, this whole center thing's kind of got me off them just because, I mean, Mozgov's Mozgov. Jared Allen just doesn't look super ready, and they added Tyler Zeller, which anytime you add someone that late, that's probably a, a big no-no sign for the rookie guy, right? Like, okay, we don't really think you're ready. We need we need another body here who can play minutes. So um, I definitely wouldn't be after Jared Allen. No. Um, yeah, he's not a John Collins situation like it in Atlanta – and um, I, the fact that they're going with Mozgov is a really bad sign. Uh, I, I think an incredibly bad sign. So let's move on to one of the greatest teams in the history of the NBA, the Chicago Bulls. Um, they are um, certainly a dumpster fire to behold this year. You missed they the team, will... Chief. Oh, who did I forget? Charlotte. No, I. You know what? I didn't forget Charlotte because no one cares about that city or that team. Uh, so we will do them next. We're going to focus on – one of the greatest teams of all time, the Chicago Bulls. Um, Charlotte, you can freaking wait. Shots fired. Um, but no, thank you for reminding me. The Bulls, I think, have settled on a rotation. Uh, Jerry and Grant is going to start, and I think Jerry and Grant was going to start even before Chris Dunn went out with a uh, uh, dislocated finger, which didn't look very pretty. I think he's going to be out for uh, three, about three or four weeks, actually. Um which is not a great sign for the point guard of the future, Chris Dunn. Jerry Grant is going to get you very good statistics, I think, for a point guard. Uh, someone I think you can take very late in your draft or with one of your last picks, like Tyler did in our listener league. I think he's just really no one's on no one's radar right now. Um, no one wants a bull. Um, Miritich is kind of the same way in a lot of drafts I see. He just keeps falling and falling and falling. And no one wants a bull. So, I mean... If I can get Jaron Grant with my last pick, I'm pretty happy with that. I'll take any starting point guard with my last pick. And here's the great thing. If you're playing in a 10- or 12-team league and you pick Jaron Grant with your last pick and he stinks that first week, I just let him go and I pick up somebody else because yeah. someone's going to be on the waiver wire. All right? Just move on. So, I mean, and if he's great, you got yourself a nice value pick right there. So just play it by ear. I mean, I don't know what he's going to do, right? We've seen Jaron Grant play in the NBA. He's not been super good, but – Someone's got to get a sniff. Someone's got to carry the ball on this team. Someone's got to make some plays. I mean, they're not going to, it's not like they're going to score 50 points a game, right? They're going to be somewhere 80, 90, 100 points a game. So 
Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to put the points and someone's got to get the assist. Someone's got to get the rebound. Someone's got to get everything. I, I will tell you this. They are going to give up a ton of points this year. They play at a, a much higher pace this year. They are doing nothing but shooting threes uh, during these games. And uh, that's kind of a, you know, a, a complete difference uh, than, than the hoy ball of last year, I guess. And I'll say this real quick. Even up to the minute, Jerry and Grant doesn't have an ADP on Yahoo or ESPN. That's crazy. He's going to start. He's the starting point guard here. I know a lot of people think Valentine's going to get minutes, but Valentine has looked very lost on this team, and uh, I don't really trust uh, him. And Hoiberg is going to f- mess around with this rotation all season long. It's going to be very, very annoying for fantasy owners. So I, I do get if you're in a regular standard league, 10-team league, not wanting to mess with anybody other than Nico or maybe Robin Lopez if you needed a big. But uh, you know, I would say Jerry and Gray has to be owned. Just Holiday is going to take a lot of shots. And I think Justin Holiday could be a pretty decent guy. Uh, I think he's going to get around you know, over 30 minutes a game. So t- take a look at him if you're in a bigger league. And uh, Valentine, they're going to they're gonna run him out there too, sadly. And um, occasionally he is good for a very nice stat line. But uh, against NBA talent, I think he is going to struggle greatly. He may be quickly trending on the Mario Hazonia line. Oof, that's, that's a bad line to be on. Let's move on uh, to uh, before I get too depressed to um, a city that uh, people aren't fans of the Charlotte Hornets. Um, another team where not a whole lot here that I, I've seen in the preseason. That, oh come uh, on, they had one of the um, biggest preseason storylines: Nick Batum out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like other than there's nothing I, I've seen here that uh, that that makes me interested in changing any of my rankings on this team um, with Nick Batum out though, that does open up a spot for Jeremy Lamb. Or is it Malik Monk? Malik Monk looking good this preseason, 16 points a game in his four games, shooting the ball. Not very well. Shooting the, uh, shooting the ball a lot. Yeah. And um, I, I keep hearing people say, Oh, I'm going to take a, a flyer on Jeremy Lamb. And, and I don't mind that. Um, Jeremy Lamb really hasn't done anything super to impress me so far in his career. Um, we talk about this a lot. Like, if I'm going to take an upside shot on a guy, I want someone who's shown me some flashes. I really haven't seen that much from Jeremy Lamb myself. Um, there's always someone in that last round I find myself picking over Jeremy Lamb, whether it's Jerry and Grant, whether it's some of the other guys we're going to talk about. So, yeah, okay, I'm fine with you taking Jeremy Lamb, but he's probably not my favorite light round flyer. Yeah. I agree with you there. I think if you're in a 12 team league, maybe, you know, you, maybe you take him with the last pick, but I, I think he's just a waiver wire streamer type of guy. I think he will play, have some very good games and some probably some pretty bad games too, but uh, Batum is probably going to be out till mid December. And if you're in a, if you're in a league with an IR, I think it's a pretty easy pick, but um, are you, are, are you dropping him in your, in your rankings simply because he's going to be out for 20, about 20 some games? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, if it's a head-to-head league with no no IR, I'm really hesitant to take him just because I feel like that's a lot of games you miss, especially in a shallow league where there's always kind of guys available on the waiver wire I can churn and burn through. Um, if I've got IR spots, I still probably don't want him to like pick after pick 100. I just feel like, I mean, it's 20 games, but he's not having surgery. They say it's going to heal up. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's a setback, right? I'd almost feel better if he had the surgery and, like, he healed up and it was over with. 
Um, I'm a little bit worried maybe he re-injures it or whatever. So I think at 100, pick him after pick 100, they're all just flyers anyways. Stash him on your IR, bring him back. Feel all right about it. Yeah. And even, if, even if, say, your first round pick gets hurt and you only have one IR spot, then you can cut Nick Batum and not feel that bad about it, right? Whereas, like, you pick him at pick 50, and I don't know, whoever you picked in the first round, Giannis, maybe Giannis gets hurt. Well, then what are you going to do? You're going to hold both, or are you going to cut? And, and so then you get a really hard decision on your hands. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, Frank Comiskey has played a, a little bit more minutes than I thought he would in this preseason, but I still think you're running into the whole Dwight Howard uh, issue with um, him just kind of making the uh, you know the front court there uh, bunched up. Uh, Cody Zeller is not going to get the kind of uh, love that uh, Tyler would would want to see him get. Um, do you think Zeller or Comiskey are anything but streaming players? Um. The second Dwight Howard gets hurt, and maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't, I definitely want Cody Zeller. But I'm waiting for that moment. I'm waiting for my shot. I'm with you on that. Um, keep an eye on Cody Zeller. This is a team to keep an eye on for sure because we just don't – if Malik Monk starts playing incredibly well, maybe that's a guy who gets picked up. Um, and uh, Cody Zeller, same thing with the injury with Dwight. Michael look at Gilchrist has um, been, not really been playing, so – uh, do you know any any word on what his, his personal reasons here for one of the the, the latest game that they played? Uh, yeah, I think he's fine. I think everything's good. I don't. I think he's going to be. Um, I think he's going to be really Michael Kid Gilkersy this year. I think he's going to not score very much at all and uh, do a handful of things that keep him relevant, but um, uh, still going to be out of the top 100 per Michael Kid Gilkersy's entire freaking career. Uh, real good out of position though uh, rebounds. That's that's what you buy him for, right? That is true. That is that is a good reason to pick him up, and the only reason to pick him up. Let's go to the Cleveland Cavaliers with um, the fact that Isaiah Thomas is not going to be coming back for forty-two games, which we did mention. Derrick Rose is going to be starting here. Um, I actually am. Uh, you know how much I love Derrick Rose, and. Um, I actually think he might be worth a, a flyer at the end of your at the end of your draft. Um, well, all right. The big news is Kevin Love's going to start at center, right? So yeah, then Tristan Thompson's moved to the bench. So it's going to be Love. It's going to be Wade. It's going to be Crowder. It's going to be Rose. And it's going to be James. Um, so Rose is a starting point guard on the team, and I think any starting point guard on the team can be picked. Um, Do you want Dwayne Wade in the standard league? I mean, the question is, how do three guys? who are all high usage kind of players and none of them really are very good three-point shooters space the floor. I mean, they got Kevin Love and they got Jay Crowder, I guess, to do that. But it's going to be kind of a weird Chicago Bulls from last year look with some better players. Um, some much better players. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm fine with Dwayne Wade in the standard league. I'm probably He's probably trending after the pick 100 territory. Um, but I think maybe you can get him there. Yeah, so I think you probably get him in the 80, 80 90 range. Uh, people will probably start looking at him just because of his name value. 77 and 69. I'm probably not in on that at uh, Yahoo or ESPN. So you boys enjoy Dwayne. That is very high. Um, what do you think about Kevin Love moving to center, though? Do you think that uh, boosts his value? I, I definitely think it's going to help his rebounds. Yeah, no, and – the question is how high does it trend, right? Can he get back to some of those Minnesota days? I'm not sure that he can, but um, he's going to be an elite rebounder, I think, this year, which is, is pretty impressive. I think the other thing we want to talk about here is Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder moving into the starting uh, lineup. 
do you are now are, are you now drafting Jay Crowder or do you think uh, as I think actually he's gonna probably play twenty five some minutes and not the thirty some minutes? Uh, yeah, they just have so in Boston. Many, they just have so many bodies, right? I mean, they got Shumpert and J.R. Smith and Kyle Korver and Richard Jefferson and Channing Fry, and it's just like they have so many guys. Um, I can't see Crowder getting huge, huge minutes, so I'm not super interested. Um, I'm fine if you want to take a shot at him, but he's going 69th and 64th on no. Yahoo and ESPN. It's a typical Cavs thing, man. A lot of these guys are getting overdrafted. Um, really, the only guy other than LeBron, right, because we think LeBron's going in a good spot, uh, The Derrick Rose is going 122 and 103. I don't love 103, but 122 on Yahoo. I mean, if that's kind of your last, next to last pick, I'm fine with that. All right, let's go next to the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Dallas, a team that I always, you know, I always um, have a special place in my heart for the Dallas Mavericks for beating the LeBron James trio in down in Miami. Um, it does look like um, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to play a lot of minutes for this Mavericks team. Um, Carlisle, not known as a as a coach who champions rookies, and the fact that he is championing this rookie makes me very interested in Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, yeah, I'm with you there. I think sometimes he's another one who someone reaches up a little too high for. Um, I did a mock draft the other day where someone won at one farm at like 55. I mean, that's just that's the the Lonzo Ball territory, right? Just way too high. That's for, too high for a rookie guy. Um, so where are you starting to look at him? I'm actually starting to. I mean, the fact that I it does look like he is going to play starters minutes, and just some of the some of the things he can do on the court are very impressive to me. And it's just I'll start looking at him maybe even in 75. All right, point guard. Who would you rather, Jeremy Lin, Dennis Smith Jr.? Oh, damn, that's a good one. I'm gonna go with Jeremy Lin. I think Jeremy Lin has the higher ceiling. Me too, and Jeremy Lin getting picked significantly later. Uh, George Hill, Dennis Smith Jr. Ooh. I'm going to go with Dennis Smith Jr. Higher upside. I'm with you there. Uh, Reggie Jackson, Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. I hate Reggie Jackson. Uh, Reggie Jackson's guy been seeing slip a little bit. What am I talking about? I've been that? seeing him sl- slip a lot. And so I hate a lot of these guys, but not if they slip. I'll, I'll draft anybody. Yeah, so I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, how about Alfred Payton or Dennis Smith Jr.? Alfred Payton. Yeah, I'm with you there. So, I mean, yeah, he kind of got him right in that, that kind of 75, 80 range. I'm fine with him there. Uh, don't reach for him at 50, man. I think that the, probably his his best case is that he finishes somewhere around that top 50. So don't know me. Don't be trying to grab him there. Yeah, you just got to worry that there are a lot of point guards on this team with Berea, Devin Harrison, the great Yogi Farrell, um, all vying for minutes here. Uh, important uh, thing to say here, Seth Curry out with a stress reaction. Don't really know when he's going to be back. Uh, Farrell yes. is apparently starting. Um, they kind of made it seem like Seth Curry is going to miss a little bit of the regular season, but it's undetermined how much. Uh, stress reaction, not stress fracture yet. Those always worry me, though, that they turn into something a little bit more. I am definitely not picking Seth Curry in a standard 10 or 12-team league right now. Mm. I think that he's just got back-end value to begin with for me, and – if he's going to miss two or three or four weeks in a head-to-head league, I just don't really want that. Yeah, I was probably picking him in the 11th round or later, and and, and he's going to be on the waivers. 
no one's going to be like, man, I better, if you're in a 10-team league, 12-team league, no one's going to be like, I better stash Steph, Seth Curry. No one's going to say that. Um, are you interested in, in Dirk at center? Does that make you a little bit more interested? Um, I'm interested in Dirk in the sense that no one else is interested in Dirk, but it's probably only in deeper leagues in the sense that I don't really think he's got the upside to be amazing this year. If you're I mean, in a roto league, he's, he's standard league relevant. I'm going to say it. Yeah, the problem in head to head is he just sits out a little bit too much, and you never really know when he's going to play, and it just gets to be a pain. But in in roto leagues, you want those quality games. He's going to give you some quality games because Dirk can still ball even at age thirty nine. Oh yeah, he certainly can. He's just an uh, he's a mon- he's efficiency monster, and uh, he's going to hurt. I think hurt Noel's value there. Uh, Noel was going a little bit higher in in drafts before the news came out that Dirk would be starting. At center. Yeah, and I mean, I think Nerlens is going to be fine. Nerlens could be a sneaky kind of uh, late pick in the sense that when he sits out, he's going to get those steals and blocks that are juicy. Uh, free throw percentage is probably not going to be great, though. You are correct about that. Let us venture to one of the best cities in the country, Denver, and let's talk about them Nuggets, one of your favorite teams. Oh, man. I do love me some nuggets. That is for certain. I like me some chicken nuggets. I like me some Denver nuggets. Um, anything interesting in the, in the standard league? We, we have seen, I think, from what I've seen, uh, kind of watching them off and on here, um, Jamal Murray not playing as big of a role as I, as I thought he would. Uh, I saw the tweet yesterday and from a Denver beat writer that basically said they decided Murray's going to start a point guard. And Jameer Nelson is going to be the backup. Wow, that's interesting because I thought there was a bit of a battle there during uh, what I've seen in preseason. So that seems like Moody is probably out of the rotation or playing a very small role, so I definitely am not interested in him. Um, Jamal Murray is in an interesting spot in the sense that he's a starting point guard, but I'm not expecting a ton of assists from him. I think they're going to let Millsap do some stuff. They're going to let Gary Harris do some stuff. They're definitely going to let Jokic run a lot of the offense. And so... He's kind of in a weird spot where he could be one of the starting point guards with the lowest assist total. Yeah, that's actually um, a really good point. Um, and I think Jameer Nelson will still play pretty decent minutes. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, that's not to say that I don't like Jamal Murray. I just I see some guys like getting the crazy hype on him and trying to go for him at like 50, 60. Like, don't don't be doing that. If you no. want to go for him at like a hundred, maybe even at like ninety, I'm okay with that. But let him let him slide. Let him slide a little bit. Don't don't be reaching way up for him. I understand he's going to start probably. Just you're taking out all the upside you could get with him. So just let him slide down. If someone else wants to pick him at sixty or seventy or eighty, let him. Let him have him. You can get someone better. I'm a hundred percent on board with that. I think people got too overhyped on Jamal Murray. So uh, if you're in auction drafts, might be a good time uh, when you look around and see a lot of people with a lot of money to throw Jamal Murray's name out there and let him let him scrap for him. And get that money off the board. That might be actually a pretty good pick now, to uh, as one of our suggestions uh, uh, that we did in our snake auction um, podcast with Alex Reichland. So if you want to hear a little bit more about auction strategy, go back and listen to that one. The rest of the Denver Nuggets, uh, Juan Hernan Gomez, and um, let's see who, and, and my one of my favorite players on the Denver Nuggets, Steeman Willie Barton. 
they are definitely going to be deeply relevant because, like you said, Moutier, but also Kenneth Fareed. This team is is moving on from those guys. Yeah, and Fareed says that he's a starter, and if he's not a starter, he wants to be traded. I don't know how well that's going to work out. Uh, the, the We talked about this, I think, in the preview, that the, the NBA kind of passed Kenneth Fareed by. And Moutier, who wants a point guard who can't make a basket? Yeah, both of those guys were drafted – at a time where it seemed like it made sense, and then the NBA immediately uh, maneuvered its way away from their game. Yeah, so I mean, just don't don't be picking them in, in any kind of league. If you're if you're asking me, I wouldn't want Moutier or Farid in a. I mean, maybe if like every player who's a player in the NBA gets drafted. Even nah, even then, I'm not taking them. I'm not drafting them in a in a league where you have to take every player. I'm still not taking either one of those guys. Let's go to the home of Detroit Eminem. basketball. Detroit basketball. That was so white. Um, what do you like going on in Detroit? There's a lot going on in Detroit. Um, I'll I'll, I'll make a plug here for Mr. Reggie Jackson. Okay, that the hate has gone too far on this man. Wow. Um, Leave Reggie Jackson alone. He's been bad. Okay, he was bad last year, and I, I'll give you that. But 125 on Yahoo? 125. So That's you're telling, a little low. You're telling me with my next to last pick, I can get a starting point guard who was, I mean, what did he get picked last year? Like 50th? The year before he was, what, like a top, right around a top 50 player? Give me that upside. Holla. I'll take it. Whoa. That was also white. Um. Yeah, I, I think there's the people think there's a position battle between him and Ish Smith here. Ish Smith, obviously, uh, very good if he can play starters minutes, but I don't think Reggie Jackson's given up this starting point guard spot. I I think he's due for a little bit of a bounce back, but uh, he's not an incredibly efficient or or great um, point guard. So I, I do understand why he's going later in yeah. drafts, right? But um, I don't think he should be undrafted or drafted as as low as he is being drafted. I'm with you. And there is a position battle. It's called if Reggie Jackson gets hurt, Ish Smith gets the spot. And you should be picking up Ish Smith if that happens. Um, are you interested in Stanley Johnson at all? Maybe in a deeper league? Uh, no. Wow. A hard no on that. Um, I'm keeping he, an eye on Stanley, Stanley Johnson, but he still hasn't learned how to shoot. Um, and he, here's the nice thing I'll say about it. it. It appears that he has zero ADP like anywhere. That no one wants Stanley Johnson, so maybe in like a 14, 16, 20 team league, I might because it looks like he's gonna get to play some minutes, but he can't shoot. I don't know what, what he's gonna well, be. Um, is he gonna be a crap version of Michael Kid Gilchrist, like just some rebounds and nothing else? Well, that's the thing, that's the thing about him is like he's gonna play. Like, who else is gonna play? Are they gonna put Tobias at the at the three? And I, uh, okay. Tobias is another guy who gets overlooked. I'm gonna read you his preseason stat line in 26.8 minutes. Okay, you ready for this? Okay. 8.8 points on 41.9% shooting That's from the field and 40% from the free throw line with 4.8 rebounds, one assist, 1.8 steals, or 1.8 turnovers, I'm sorry, 0.8 steals, and no blocks. Oof. And that's in 27 minutes. Like how many more minutes than 27 is he really going to play? I mean, he might play 32. I don't think he's going to play much more than that. You know what I mean? Um, that is it. Now it's granted it's it's a four game sample size, but that is a crap stat line. 
That is a very bad stat line. Um, in that many minutes. So you can have him. If you, if, if you really th- are believing in the Stanley Johnson hype train, go ahead. I'd much rather have guys like John Moore, Langston Galloway even. I mean, give me a shot on one of those guys over Stanley. Wow. At, least, at least I think Langston can maybe play a little bit. Stanley, I'm not so sure. You are a great A Stanley Johnson hater, and I, uh, I like that. Uh, Andre Drummond has been hitting his free throws. Uh, are you excited about that? Uh, no. I mean, good for him, but I, I still think if he shoots 50%, I will do a jig. I will be happy, man. I just don't don't see it. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Shoot underhand. You will get a, a ton of commercials. I'm just saying, just shoot underhand. Everybody will be talking about it. You'll be on SportsCenter all the time. It'll help your publicity. I should be your agent. Andre Drummond, if you are listening to this podcast, I will happily be your agent. And I will take whatever less, like a three percent less commission than whoever's your current agent right now. I promise you that. Um, you don't want to go too far, then, then you might not be getting paid. The uh, Avery Bradley experiment. Anything exciting there that you, you think Avery Bradley's going to dominate this team and, and lead this team in scoring, or is it just you know he's going to be Avery Bradley? Uh, fine with Avery Bradley where he's getting picked. I think the rebounds are going to be a little less, and maybe the points a little bit more. Um, so that's kind of a, a guns for butter trade off there. Fair. As, as they say, uh, I would like to mention one last thing on this team before wrapping them up. And that is, I don't understand why people are drafting old Boban. Stop drafting draft Boban. Boban. Okay. Maybe in like a 16, 18, 20 team league, you want a Boban, have a Boban. Have Come a Boban, up. everyone. Joe Drummond is going to play at least 32 minutes a night. Boban is only a center. So simple math tells you kids. 48 minus 32 is 16. I don't know a standard league guy who's too relevant in 16 minutes a night. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. Stop drafting Boban. Let's go on to the Golden State Warriors. I think this could be pretty quick. Um, the only thing I want to say about this team is that it looks like Jordan Bell, um, who could have been in possession, uh, the Chicago Bulls could have been in possession of this, of this player, uh, is going to be relevant in very deep leagues. Because I think he is going to get a lot of garbage time minutes, and he is going to do some fun things like dunk the ball very hard and get uh, lots of good rebounds and block some shots. Other than that, this is pretty much the Golden State Warriors. Take Steph Curry number one. Ooh, hot take. Um, not that hot of a take, but um, I like your style. Take Kevin Durant number one is is where I'm at. Let's go to the Houston Rockets. Houston. This again, is they're pretty this similar is, to what I thought they were going to be. This is the least surprising team for me, maybe even Houston. more, than, even more than Golden State because they did exactly what I figured would do: shoot a million three pointers, play really fast, and just really try to put it on the board. Yeah, I think the the, the one thing everybody was interested in is is how Harden and Chris Paul are going to play together. And we've been saying since before the season that they're both going to be fine. People are going to start dropping CP3 in the rankings, and that is a dumb idea to do because he's a great spot-up shooter. He's still going to get his. He's a great floor leader, and he's going to find people open all over the place. And what has he done so far? He's He's getting great assists, and so is James Harden. Yeah, now, I mean, Harden's only played two games and Paul's only played one, but 12 and 10 and a half assists are the averages. They could be the first teammates ever to both average over 10 assists. It could happen, people. This team plays crazy fast. They shoot a crazy amount of threes. They're going to be fun. Uh, Clint Capella's looked better even than I thought he would. I'm excited for Clint. I was excited for Clint to begin with. Uh, make sure you're punting free throws because he could shoot 
significantly more than he shot before. But yep. I love some Clint. All right, I'm on board with that. I don't think Ryan Anderson is that good. I think Aaron Gordon is better than people think he will be because uh, only because of his three-point shooting, and that's exactly kind of what we said in our team preview. So let's go to the next city, Houston. Um, not, not that great of a city. Let's go to another not that great city. <laughs> I'm just going to throw shade at all these cities. Indianapolis. Ooh. You know what? I've had some fun times in Indianapolis. I'll take that back. Indianapolis, so- I... Glenn Robinson injury has opened the door for Mr. Lance Stevenson. Uh, Lance, make him dance, no pants, whatever the saying is. Uh, it looks like he's going to get more minutes. Him and, and Bogdanovich, the Bojan version, not the Bogdan version. Um, I don't know that that makes either one super standardly relevant, but in a deep league, they're probably not my least favorite picks. Yeah, I think they're both – um, deep league types of players. It looks like Darren Collison is going to still play a lot more than. Uh, Big surprise. Um, Darren Collison much better than Corey Joseph. Not not a surprise at all. I, I'm not surprised about it, but if you were worried about his minutes, I don't think you should be. Um, but the only thing I really want to talk about with the Pacers in the standard league is, you know, Oladipo, he, he looks fine. But he hasn't really done anything magnificent or crazy. Oh, I think you're doing the – I don't know what's here. Uh, 25 what? minutes a game, 16 points, 15.7 points on 48% shooting, two threes a game, three re- 0.3 rebounds, 4.3 assists, 2.3 steals. That sounds pretty sexy to me in 25 minutes. So. He looks fine. He looks good. He looks I, will, I will mention a thing here for these gentlemen. Um, the deuce – Thaddeus Young, 121 on Yahoo, 135 on ESPN. This is a top probably 80 player, people. You are missing the bus yeah. on Thaddeus Young. Stop missing the bus on Thaddeus Young. Um, you are 100% right about that. Thaddeus Young is underrated. And Oladipo, you know, I, I still I still like picking him where we've been picking him, and so I'm, I'm not decreasing his value. And actually, it's probably good he's not having a spectacular preseason because one good preseason game would ruin his draft stock. You got to love it. All right. Um, who's next? The, the Los Angeles, the Clippers of the Los Angeles area. So are they are they really the L.A. Clippers or are they still the Los Angeles Clippers? Because I think they're the L.A. Clippers now, but I never see people write that. But I'm almost positive they are legitimately the L.A. Clippers. I believe you are right. I believe they are – the L.A. Clippers and not the Los Angeles Clippers. Which is just weird, but a thing. So. It is a tad strange. Um, what do you like standard league-wise with what you've seen with the L.A. Clippers? Um, I'll let you talk about your boyfriend, then I'll talk about my boyfriend on this team. Well, my boyfriend, who um, treats me really well, he's a very nice guy, even though he gets mad sometimes and punches trainers in the face um has been playing great I, I i think he looks really good he looks like he's in uh blake griffin looks like he is in shape um i he's not going to be a triple double threat uh point blake uh, like he was a handful of seasons ago when chris paul went down with an injury but he is going to get more assists than i think he he normally averages this year and uh i, I still like blake griffin in uh if you're punting blocks or not interested in blocks, you know, he's still a really great um, asset. He's going to score a ton. He's going to be the main focal point of this team. And, um, yeah, Blake Griffin's going to have a good year this year. Los Angeles Clippers name game. 
Ready for this? We're going to throw out some names, see who you like better, okay? Um, all right. All right, you got Milos Todosic or Pat Beverly? Oh, that's see, that's not fair. And uh, that's that I mean that is the the that's the million dollar question, right? Um Tadosic is the sexy name now. Everybody saw his crazy passes in those uh, couple of preseason games. He uh, looks like he's been drinking all night long and smoking cigarettes and then showed up at the game. He is great to look at. He is great to watch on the basketball court. And I think his playmaking ability is going to keep him on the court, even though his defense isn't going to be that good. Uh, that said, Pat Bev, who is, I think, underrated, being underdrafted, um, it's kind of a great all-around nightcap player. I think I'm going to have to go with Pat Beverly, surprisingly. Uh, yeah, and Pat Bev is actually getting picked a lot, a little higher than I thought he was. Pat Bev going at 81 and 95. Really? I actually thought he would be out of the top 100. So did I, and I, I was going to say I thought he was a value because of the couple of the drafts I've done. He slipped out of the top 100, and I think he's a good value there, but uh, apparently not. So other Clipper, Lou Williams or Pat Beverly? Mm. Beverly. I don't think Lou Williams is going to get uh, as many minutes as people think he is. I know, but I think he's still going to do some Lou Williams type things. I don't think he needs a ton of minutes to score his points and hit his threes. He is actually going 71st on Yahoo and 98th on ESPN, so above Pat Beverly in a lot of cases. And I would also rather have Pat Beverly. So, Yeah. I think uh, Pat Beverly is the choice there. You know, Lou Williams is still going to do stuff, but he's just – I don't think he's going to play enough minutes. And I do think uh, Tadosic is a great uh, last-round flyer. He's going to – I think he's going to be really fun to watch in the, in the NBA. Let's see. Who is next? I guess the I – should, I should know this one. The Los Angeles Lakers, who I believe, if I remember correctly, you have some, some piping hot takes for the Lakers. Um, yeah, so I'll let, I'll open the floor to you, and then I'll uh, say my diatribe here. So, so you got anything you want to say about the Lakers before I get no, deep I, into I, it? Deep, I, I want you it. just to go right after it. I, don't even listen to me about this. I want to hear your, your take. Okay, so last two preseason games, our friend Luke Walton, do you know what he's done? He has uh, started. Played everyone on the entire Jr. team, is my guess? He has, he has started Larry Nance Jr. over Julius Randle, Okay which doesn't seem like a huge deal. But he did the same thing last year with Nick Young, and then Nick Young stuck as the starter. So he, Mike Trudell, who's a reporter for the Lakers, tweeted yesterday that he hasn't made a decision on who he's going to start at power forward. I'm pretty sure it's Larry Nance. He also said that he sees Kyle Kuzma earning a role at power forward. Wait. So... This is starting to look like a jumble. Kuzma's played great in the preseason. He shot crazy percentages that aren't going to keep up. Um, I don't love him. He's just a score-only guy right now. That's that's all it looks like he's going to do is just score the ball when he plays. I don't think the role is going to be huge for Kuzma, but I think this really hurts Julius Randle's value in the sense that I don't know that he's going to get real big minutes if Larry Nance is playing that position, if Kuzma's playing that position. Randle's not going to play that much center with Brooke Lopez there. I mean, maybe he slides down a little bit and some of those guys play together. Brandon Ingram could also play some four. I'm a little bit more yeah, worried so about Julius Randle than I've been. In our, in, our, in our preview, we basically said this team is, has a lot of play, uh, players who, are, who need minutes. 
And now you throw in Kyle Kuzma in there, and you're right on track here. Like, none of these players were going to break out simply because they were probably going to play 28 to 30 minutes just like they did the year before. Now that you you got more mouths to feed here, um, it's, you're probably seeing going to see the exact same type of, of uh, issue uh, exacerbated here. And um, I've seen a lot of people being like, Kyle Kuzma, should I be drafting him in the standard league? No. You should not be driving, drafting him in a standard league. If he's he gets 15 play, minutes. He's going to play 15 minutes a game. If he gets 15 minutes and I just start the season, I'd be – I wouldn't be surprised, but that's probably his ceiling. I don't see him really getting much more than that, yeah, um, especially so, with all those other guys around. Yeah, he looks great, but he's on the Lakers, and he's playing a lot of minutes in preseason, and he's hitting all of the shots. You think he's going to hit all of the shots against real NBA talent? It's not going to happen. Well, and some of it's been against – the subpar NBA players too that he scored a lot of the points in. So uh, now he's scored against some good guys. Don't get me wrong, but some of it, some of it's fake numbers. Um, another interesting thing for me here is they don't appear to want to play Jordan Clarkson as the backup point. They want to play either Tyler Enos or um, Alex Caruso, who Oof. is on a two-way contract but could get brought up to the uh, big team. So that could be a problem if Lonzo Ball misses time. I mean, Enos could play some huge minutes, or maybe they do finally decide to go with Clarkson. I don't know. Um, it worried me, though, because I figured Clarkson would be the backup one, and these guys like Enos and Caruso wouldn't play. I don't really think that they're super good NBA players, so that worries me a hair bit. I like where your head's at. I think, uh, you know, we, we do talk about these guys. There could be some deep league value with some of those names that we mentioned, Kuzma and Caruso. And so do pay attention to this team if you are in a deeper league. But standard leagues, it's looking like, you know, there's a possibility that your your Randalls, uh, your Larry Nances are going to have to start sharing minutes. And uh, that's not, not a great sign. Yeah, um, and he doesn't play a ton of minutes anyways. So, like, he doesn't love to play guys more than, like, 30 minutes a night. So this team is just kind of one to be hesitant on, and I know no one will. So, All right, let's, let's move on to a, a great city. Well, from one great city, L.A., to another great city uh, has some of the best ribs and chicken you can eat in this fine country of ours, the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, we've only played only three games, really. There's not a ton to uh, to, to look at here, but, but they got some uh, some things they got to figure out down in Memphis. Who's, who's, who's starting? Who's playing? Yeah, this is kind of a crazy jumble. It looks like Mario Chalmers won the backup point guard job, so if you're in a, a league where that matters. Um, it's wild. But, yeah, he beat out Wade Baldwin, right, which is um, a lot of people were clamoring for Wade Baldwin in that draft and Wade Baldwin not looking strong right now. Bad, um, sign. Bad sign for Wade. I still don't really know what they're going to do at some of these positions. Tyreek Evans only played one game. He's dealing with some just lingering injury stuff. Um, maybe they play some James Ennis there. I mean, they just have so many names still, and we're still really not sure what they're going to do because guys have been hurt. Uh, the one guy I want to talk about here is the old Chandler Parsons, now looking like a power forward, right? Been playing a lot of power forward. Does that make you more or less interested in Mr. Chandler Parsons? Ugh. I mean, considering health is his issue, and he, if you he might have to bang against some uh, some bigger guys, uh, it makes me a little less interested in, in him. Uh, but I'm less interested in him simply because, you know, what what have we seen from him this preseason that indicates that he might have any any flashes of yore, you know, like Parsons looks like he's still kind of a, 
a work in progress, and I, I don't know if he'll ever make That's any progress. It. This whole team has just been like really weird. I mean, the the leading point score per game averages on the team is ten a game. They have three guys scoring ten points a game. They like just have played everybody like anywhere from ten to twenty minutes. <laughs> like no one's played a ton. It's been all spread out. It it just looks like a crazy roster if you look at their stats right now. So, yeah. um, in our, Jimmy in Parsons our... though, not the worst last round pick, right? Not the worst guy. No, I'm with you on that, actually. I, would you rather take Tyreek Evans or Chandler Parsons with your last-round pick? Um, wow. I mean, two guys, right, in similar boats, both injury risks. Um, I think it's Chandler Parsons in the sense that I think they're ready to give him more minutes. I don't think anyone's going to give Tyreek big minutes, right? He played on the Kings at the end of last year, and the Kings played him, and they said, like, there's no way he's playing more than 25 minutes. So I don't know if that was, like, Tyreek's management or the Kings' management or who was yeah. – I think that was a Kings management thing. And occasionally he would play and he would, you, you should know this. You were watching the Kings and he would play and he'd have a really, really good game. And they'd be he, like, we better set that guy. He looks real good, right? The Kings uh, were trying still. to take. They didn't want to give that draft pick over to Chicago. Thanks. He, he looks real good in spurts. Uh, I don't know what, I don't know what to expect from either one. I like Tyreek. Um, I like Chandler Parsons. I, I don't hate either one as your last round pick. I'm taking Tyreek with my last pick over Chandler Parsons. I think, uh, Tyreek's just got to – I think he's got to play the two here. I think he's he's got to play heavier minutes. Uh, ben McLemore is out for 12 games or, or so. Um, 12 games? I think he better – Is it longer? Months, well, he's got a broken, a broken foot, right? Yeah, 8 to 12 weeks. What happened last year? No, no. It happened during the offseason. 8 to 12 weeks he was out when he got hurt, and that was just before training camp started, so – Oh, well, never mind. He's going to be out for much longer. Um, I'm not worried about Mario Chalmers taking minutes from Tyreek Evans. Uh, I'm actually really not worried about any of these guys taking minutes from Tyreek Evans. I think Tyreek Evans does play some significant minutes, and I'm I'm willing to take a flyer on him simply because I've seen him produce recently. Not I've seen him produce last year. On August 8th, he was scheduled to miss 12 weeks. So Ooh, That is not great. Um, I don't know. That's still, you know, what, what late November, December? Yeah, basically three months from when it happened. So, yeah. Okay. December. Uh, any thoughts about Jermichael Green? He is Jermichael Green. All right. Thank you. Uh, let's move on to the next team. That's brutal for Jermichael Green. Um, hopefully he does not listen to this podcast. Jermichael Green, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm interested in being your agent. Um, I will take 3% less than your current agent. Let's move on to the Miami Heat because they are very interesting. Uh, they've been playing a lot of different – rotations and I'm, why are they starting Rodney Magruder why yeah I'm still not sure what's going on in Miami so same with Memphis we, we were saying we got to see preseason see what's going on there and then the preseason was a big jumble mess same thing's going on in Miami I don't I, I don't know what's going on here yeah no it's hard to figure out what they're going to do on this wing situation uh Justice Winslow let it out of the bag that he is not going to be a starter but I still don't know what that means right because we talk about that a lot he cannot be a starter and still play like 31 32 minutes a game so yeah, it actually um, piques my interest a, a, a tad bit, simply because uh, does that mean he is going to run the offense on the second team? Does that mean he is going to fit into that role uh, that they said he was going to fit into last year where he was going to be kind of a point forward? Uh, but the, the, the better question probably is, is, is he even good enough to bother to do that with? Um, all these guys got question marks, and I don't know if I feel comfortable taking – 
I don't know. I mean, James Johnson, Deion Waiters, Josh Richardson, Tyler Johnson, they all had fairly decent, interesting years last year, right? Uh, Kelly Olenek on this team now. Man, I don't I, – I honestly, all those guys would be good for for later in the draft type of picks if you knew they were going to play the minutes. I don't know if we know any of these guys are going to play the minutes. Um, the guy I'm most interested in as far as the late round guys go is probably Kelly Olenek. I don't know that he's going to get the minutes, but I think if he even in 25 minutes, I think he'll be all right. And if he gets more than that, he could be real, real interesting. Yeah, if you look at their their depth chart, it does it does seem like he is going to play more minutes than not. And he he was you know he's a very competent NBA player. So, um, Josh Richardson too. I mean, I could get on board with him. Josh Richardson, 13 points in 26 minutes this preseason. Uh, two rebounds, two assists, 1.4 steals, 1.6 blocks. He's a great blocks guy for a guard. So if you need blocks with your last pick and you need guard stats, that's this might be your Huckleberry, man. 196 on Yahoo, undrafted on ESPN. Not the worst last pick. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people picking uh, him uh, earlier than the last pick. I, I find it interesting because we just don't know that situation. But um, I'm Wait. with you there. I think it's worth a flyer. You got to think that they're they're all not going to get like huge huge minutes, right? With all the that long jam, there's just no way they can all get thirty minutes. So a very LA uh, Lakers situation there. Yeah, and that's what I mean. I don't think some of them, and then none of them might get thirty minutes, right? Whiteside might get big minutes, and Dragic and like nobody else, they might all just kind of shuffle around there in the right around twenty eight thirty mark. So uh, something to keep an eye on. All right, uh, I'm with you there. Keep an eye on the Lakers. Keep an eye on Miami Heat. See how that rotation plays out. We're just going to have to wait till the regular season starts to uh, to get to the bottom of this. But there is uh, ample opportunity on both of those teams for someone to break out. So that is why you have to watch the boxes. See how that see how that was done. Was, oh man, look at see that working right in there. Working, um, working the title right in. Let's go to a, a city that is actually a, is a pretty fun city. It gets a little cold there. Uh, Milwaukee. How do you like these Bucks? I, I feel like they're playing out exactly the way we thought they would. Spot on. I have not seen anything from Milwaukee that has surprised me too, too much. Um, Giannis missed some games there, but other than that, I mean, so we got some craziness with the rotations in that sense. There was no Giannis to play. Um, I'm not surprised by anything. Rashad Vaughn's having a good preseason, but I don't think that's a thing. Um, I don't really have anything else to say about him. Um, In Yahoo Leagues, Malcolm Brogdon is being taken 88th. Do you think that's too high or too low? I'm I'm all right with that. Um, I don't love it. I don't usually pick him there. I usually just pick before I'm into him. And it's probably that I have him right around there. It's just it's kind of a shuffle for me that some of the guys Yahoo has ranked above him, I have ranked below him. And some of the guys I have Yahoo has ranked below him, I have ranked above him. So um, I don't end up with Brogdon on a lot of my teams, but I'm all right with him in that 80-90 range. Yeah, I, I don't end up – he doesn't end up on my teams very much either. And uh, you know, maybe he should. If 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 your league is overlooking him, maybe uh, maybe take a, a closer look at at Brogdon. I think he's going to play pretty good minutes there, and you're, they have a really set starting uh, group in the in Milwaukee. And so, like like you said, there's not. I don't think there's anything to see here uh, that we didn't already kind of play out earlier in the season. Uh, obviously, we're huge fans of Chris Milton, and he looks like he's going to be um, a very good. Fancy player, just like we thought. All right, who's next? Oh, 
is next now. Come on, Mike. Don't, don't let me know. The Thibodeau T-Wolves. Um, I, I don't even have to go look at their preseason stats to know that Thibodeau is going to play his starters incredibly heavy minutes. And um, it's, it's going to be very similar to how we thought it was going to be. Um, other than the um, position battle between Taj Gibson and Gorgeous Dang. Um, so I was discussing this with somebody yesterday, and I'm really worried about Gorgie. Because here's what I've seen in their preseason games, and I've gotten to see all three of their games that they played. Um, good old Bielitsa has snuck in there and played the power forward, and Dang has played with him as the center pretty much exclusively. Because I've noticed that. I've noticed that Dang hasn't been out there with the Carl Anthony Towns or the Taj Gibson. He's been out there with the Bielitsa only pretty much. And actually, if you think about last year and how bad uh, the T-Wolves were at defense, doesn't this kind of make sense? Yeah, so that's that's a worry, right? And I think he's getting overdrafted. I mean, 79th on Yahoo, 60th on ESPN. Um, I never draft a Tibbs bench player. That, that's one of my mantras, right? Because you know Tibbs is uh, a crazy man. He is certainly and, an insane person. And I'm I'm really worried about Dang. So he's not a guy I'm looking at. Um, good upside for him if he can get minutes, but I just don't really see it right now. I think Taj is going to get plenty of minutes. Um, and if he's the backup center to Carl Anthony Towns, like, isn't Carl Anthony Towns going to play like 35 minutes a night? Yeah, and you're you're dead on it that if Dang's primary role is center, his minutes have just have dropped significantly. And I was an early adapter on uh, Gorgeous Dang, and he. Um, is a player who's so incredibly efficient across the board. He's a great nine cap player when he appeared on the scene, right? But that season he appeared on the scene when he would play like 31 minutes, he was like a top 60 guy, top 70 guy. And then he would play 27 minutes and he would disappear off the map. And you'd be like, what's going on here? And it was just because he lives on that margin. And if he's going to be coming off the bench and being below that margin, he's not going to be standardly relevant. In fact, Taj Gibson might be standardly relevant simply because he's going to be starting in a in a better situation yeah um i don't necessarily know um i don't think taj is really going very high right 132 on yahoo not at all on espn um i'm fine with him in that kind of last pick range if you need what taj is going to give you um definitely some guys i like a lot better though yeah there is usually some guys i like better but if you're desperate for rebounds um and some decent decent points there too could be a 14 or 16 team league guy though that gets kind of interesting just because he's going to get a lot more minutes than some of the other guys in that general range where he's getting picked yeah no, Especially if you're on espn and he's not getting picked at all like you can play a 14 or 16 team league on espn and he's ranked way down there you can get some nice value there i'm with you on that taj is, is definitely worth owning in, in those bigger leagues so so bielicha I, I think he could be um someone interesting he was interesting last Bielitsa, year that rocks with pizza come on get it right bielicia Rhymes with pizza. There's a squiggle on there. Be Alicia. He's a he's like a pizza. Um, so other than that, Minnesota, kind of what we thought. Let's go to um, one of the most fun cities in America, New New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Rondo uh, got a hernia, basically, right? Yes, sir. Oh, that sounds terrible. Um, he's going to be out for i think a month was that four four to five weeks uh so two guys had a hernia and one was four to six weeks and the other one was three to four weeks so um 
I don't know what the difference in the hernias was. Um, just a worse hernia. But, I mean, don't you just have surgery for a hernia and then you think you'd heal it relatively the same amount of time? Uh, um, so a month, he's out. You got to, like, bump your holiday up a little bit during that time. Um, the the crazy thing is who's going to play with Solomon Hill out? Who's going to play that small forward spot? And are they going to be any kind of relevant even in a deep league? Um, they got a lot of options. They got an Ian Clark. They got a Tony Allen now. They got uh, a lot of names. I don't know how many of them I are think super, you've seen super interesting. Dante Cunningham getting a lot of minutes in the preseason here. And, uh, but not producing anything, right? Like, like lo- But looking like he didn't even play. Like you look at his stat lines, it's like, all right, he played 25 minutes. How did he not get a rebound? Yeah, how did he not do anything? He scored like a point and had like a steal. I'll tell you. I'll tell you how he did. He didn't do anything. They stuck him in the corner, and Anthony Davis and Cousins just went to work on every single play, and that was exactly what was going on. Um, I'm with you on Drew Holiday being um, a much more interesting pick. Where you kind of moved him down in our rankings because of the Rondo effect. Uh, Rondo will be out for only a month, so or two ish, and so don't get your hopes up that Drew Holiday is going to have a great season. But uh, he's probably a, a tad bit more valuable, maybe a half around more valuable. And uh, probably in deeper leagues, Etwan Moore will be playing more minutes um, than previously expected with Rondo being out as well. So he's probably a good uh, pickup in, in the deeper leagues. Yeah, no, and Etwan Moore also could play some three. And so I could see Etwan Moore getting some heavy minutes here. I, out of all the, 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 the fringe players on this team, Etwan Moore is the one I like the most, the one I've seen most uh, actually playing at an NBA level on the court. The rest of these guys, uh, they're, they're super questionable. I'm kind of with you on that. All right, let's go to the Big Apple, one of the greatest cities in the entire world. We're talking about the New York Knicks. Um, standard league relevance-wise, what are you seeing in New York that's, uh, that's interesting you? Um, Enos Cantor. I love me some Enos Cantor. That that has been the big news of uh, of the uh, the preseason, I guess, or uh, I guess the, when Melo left. Uh, that does mean you're going to see a lot more load on Porzingis. But Ian's Cantor, uh, a favorite pick, I think, uh, for late late drafts uh, all around. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think that he's just going to get those ball points and rebounds with really good percentages, which matter. I mean, yeah. He played. I mean, he played in in limited minutes in Oklahoma City and was relevant. And he's going to play more. I th- he's he's got to play more minutes in in New York. They they. I know it's kind of a, a loaded front court there with Noah and and and, and Hernan Gomez, but Canner's got the talent. And but, I think he's he's going to be playing really nicely with Porzingis there. Well, and I, I mean, I think that this eliminates Hernan Gomez. I mean, like, I'm not interested in Hernan Gomez in a standard league, really. And I still see people going after him, and I don't really understand why. Um, I think that Enos Cantor is the better version of Willie Hernan Gomez. Is that crazy? No, I don't think that's crazy at all. Hernan Gomez is is very good, and he can look good at times. And I think he's going to have some interesting games, right? But Enos Cantor has the you know the the history of playing against NBA caliber talent, and I don't I don't know why they would you know. Well, I know why they would make that trade because they want to get rid of Melo, but I don't know why they wouldn't just move Enos Cantor to another team if, if they wanted to play Hernan Gomez. I think they're Cantor's going to play very good minutes. 
So 21 minutes a game this preseason in three games, shooting 50% and 15.7 points a game for Canner in 21 minutes. 21 uh, minutes. Canner can score. Canner can rebound. Canner does not do a ton else other than shoot really good percentages, but he's going to do those two things. Um, yeah, don't, don't be picking Willie Hernan Gomez in your standard league. The big question is who the heck's going to play point guard, and I don't know that I've figured it out yet. Yeah, I think – all we've learned is that uh, that old Frankie Nicotine is going to play a little bit more at the beginning of the season than we thought he was going to. Um, we all kind of assumed he'd be eased into that role, but like in New York, they don't do uh, anything right uh, at, in the Knicks organization, and so they're going to force a giant workload on Porzingis, and it looks like they're going to force a workload on old Frank as well. Yeah, and uh... – Thoughts on Tim Hardaway's 16 points in 26 minutes a night here in the preseason. Hey, is I he going to be a beast of a scorer? I, I, I like what I'm seeing there. I don't think he's going to be a beast of a scorer, but I think he's going to be, um, you know, maybe better than people thought. I don't think he's going to live up to that contract uh, by any means. But Going uh, 86 and 86 on ESPN and Yahoo. That seems fair. I don't yeah. think I would reach down for him. Uh, because, you know, like this is preseason and we have not seen him uh, being manhandled by for for an entire game. Yeah, that's one of those things, too, where like I, I at that pick, I'm fine with it. I'm fine if he slips a little bit, but I'm definitely not reaching for him. I just I don't really feel great about picking him. He just is a points and, and percentages guy, I guess. I mean. And are the percentages really even going to be that good? He doesn't really give you a ton of rebounds. He doesn't really give you a ton of assists. He doesn't really give you much anywhere else. And maybe some threes. It's like, I just don't love him. No, I don't I don't love the fact that he just doesn't really have a, a fantastic upside, in my opinion. So That's what I mean. And, like, I can grab a guy like, I don't know, Alan Crabb way later. And, like, aren't they kind of similar players? Like, yeah, okay, he might score a little bit more. But the difference – and the swap pick I'm going to make there is going to balance that out easily. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm probably not going to own Tim Hardaway. Let's put it that way. Yeah, neither am I. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Let's go out of New York. Um, unless you have anything else there, maybe a deep, deep league, maybe a Doug McDermott sighting. Not for me. All right. Well, let's go to where Mello ended up in um, the the jewel of the Midwest, OK City, uh, one of the dustiest places you can live, I assume. Um, <laughs> that was that was very random. I'm not gonna lie to you. That was very very random. Seems like a dusty place. Um, so now we got Paul George, like we said early in our preseason, but Carmelo Anthony joining this team. Uh, whether he's gonna be hoodie mellow or um, USA mellow or I isolate the entire offense around me and the, it stops for 22 full seconds. Nobody moves and I shoot a fadeaway jumper mellow. I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be one of the first two and not iso mellow. Yeah, no, I mean, maybe there'll be a, a minute or two where he gets out there without the other two and he goes crazy iso ball, but I, I think Melo's going to be mellow in the sense that Melo's going to score, though, right? I mean, like, I think he's getting hated on a little bit too much. I think he's going to push close to 20 points a game. And at where Melo's going, there's not many 20-point scorers around. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Like where he's being drafted, I think he's being, I think he was being underdrafted going into this season. But now that he's in, um, okay, City, like he's definitely being underdrafted. Well, and and the ADP says on Yahoo he's still going 45th. I don't see that. Every time I'm there, he's in the 60s. He's still available, and a lot of times I'm picking him because in the 60s you find me another 20 point score that hasn't been picked. You know what I mean? Like because Victor Oladipo's been going because I pick him over Melo. So maybe Victor Oladipo could score 20. I'm looking around going, there ain't no one else is going to give me the points Melo can give me, and I, I'm maybe I need points. I'm going to pick Melo in that 60s range. Yeah, I, I like your thought process there, uh, especially since scoring is hard to find that late in your draft. Um, with Enos Cantor gone here, is Steven Adams a, a more interesting pick for you? Steven Adams, only center in town. I love that. I love that about him. He's probably a punt free throw guy, although he can you can make his up because he doesn't shoot a high volume of attempts usually. Um, good rebounds, no one to push him for minutes, gonna give you some decent blocks, a real good field goal percentage. I'm a big Steven Adams fan. I think that where he's going, um, I'd actually reach down for him and pick him over some of those guys that are getting picked over him in a lot of leagues. Like you see Marcin Gortat, uh, Dang, who we just talked about. Uh, Sarge is going over him in some cases. Uh, guys like James Johnson, I'm I'm in for Stephen Adams over all those types. Yeah, I think uh, I think he's getting overlooked in in drafts, and I see that over and over. And actually, I've been overlooking him as well. Um, and it's weird because I, I definitely had him last year as uh, someone I picked up off the waiver wire, maybe took late in a draft, and he he did me well last year. So I feel a little bit bad uh, disrespecting the 24 year old Stephen Adams. Any late round um, kind of, I guess, deeper league picks here? Andre Roberson, Patrick Patterson. Um, Roberson, I like for the steals, right? Uh, we talked about this when we did the uh, season preview. Uh, Roberson steals and pretty good blocks for a guard. Uh, so I don't hate that in a deeper league. Um, I'm all right with him. Uh, he's kind of a no points guy. Uh, I'll mention Jeremy Grant just in the sense that I think he could maybe play some backup five and get a few more minutes than I think people thought he was going to get. Uh, not a, a great, exciting player, but in a real deep league, maybe a guy who gets 20 minutes you need, and I think Jeremy Grant might get that. I think that's pretty interesting. I'd like to see that uh, that small lineup. This will be a fun team to watch, and I am definitely going to go see them in person. Uh, let's go to what could possibly be the worst city in the hemisphere, the Orlando Magic. So should I read your boyfriend's stat line? Just get it out of the way right now. Please, please do. Okay, 23.6 minutes a game, ooh, four games. Ooh. Uh, 51.9% from the field, 37.5 from three-point line, 69.2 from the foul line, which you don't love. Um, everything, love else is, everything else is even pretty sexy, though. Seven and a half rebounds, only .8 assists, only half a steal, only half a block, but 17.8 points. That's fine. That's, that, that's someone who could uh, be a 1-1-1 one, one, and one guy. Um, in, yeah. in in full in, in full starting minutes. Yeah, so he's looking real sexy in twenty four minutes. Um, he's had a, a hot run of cards, so to speak. I mean, he's not gonna average twenty five points a game, which is basically what he's on pace to average in in thirty five minutes. Um, but he's looked real good, and it's probably bad for you, Mike. It's bad for me in my drafts uh, that I have upcoming this season because I think people will be uh, – Yeah, 89 uh, and 83, right? He was, seemed really sexy. Uh, yeah. but, but we talked about it uh, just a little bit ago in the last podcast that if you have to pick him up pick 50, I don't love him. 
I like him at, at after after pick 60, I'm fine with him. But if I got to pick him at 50, I think that's taking away some of the value of him. And that's kind of semantics there. But you also got to think, like, I, I we, we spent all preseason, we love him at pick 80 where he's actually getting drafted, right? So I'm already taking 20 spots of value out of it. If I pick him at 60, I don't really want to take 30 because I, I don't really see him being a top 30 player. Like, I see him being somewhere in that 40 to 50 range at his ceiling. I'm, uh, I'm going to – even though I'm uh... – quite in love with uh, Aaron Gordon. He is, uh, I think you're right about the fact that his ceiling isn't top 20 player, you know, he's going to be good. He's going to have some good looking stats, right? But his, his percentage hurts him a little bit and um, he's not, he's not there yet. I think he's someone who could get there uh, one day, right? But he, he's not there yet. I don't think he's going to, he's going to get there this year and uh, to where he's, you know, kind of like an all-star type player. And yeah, you're 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 100 right. Where if you got to take him at like the 60th pick, it's not much of a value. I was taking him in the seventh round in a lot of mock drafts, and I was pretty happy about that. Um, and that was even that was a reach down. Uh, if you got to reach in the fifth round, I, I there's no value there. Yeah, no. So that that's not for me. And I, I've seen people do it, and that's what you got to remember, right? Like when we say we like these guys, we like them where they're getting picked to be a real good value, and we're even willing to reach a little bit for them, but don't reach 10 rounds for him. Like don't pick Jamal Murray at pick 50. Like I like Jamal Murray, but I like him because he's getting picked at a pick 100. And I think he can be like a top 75 player. So don't pick him at pick 50. You're, you're going to get a bust if you're picking him there. Yeah. Anyone else in Orlando that has had an interesting um, preseason? Evan Fournier is kind of doing every Fournier things. Terrence Ross looks like he's going to play a little bit more. There's been one interesting man here and it is the Jonathan Simmons. 14 yeah. points a game in 24 minutes here for Mr. Simmons. Dunking all over people. Shooting horrendous percentages from the field and from the three-point line. Ooh. And three rebounds, 2.8 assists, 1.4 steals, and half a block. Now the steals and the block sound pretty good in 24 minutes, but the you don't love three assists and, two, and three steals. I mean, that's not a ton. Is, but that's, is, he worth a standard, is he worth a standard league flyer? I don't think so, just because I think that Fournier gets minutes there. I think they're going to play Jonathan Isaac some. They're going to play Terrence Ross minutes over him. I just I don't really see how he has a big role. I think Aaron Afalo will play some. Um, I just don't really see how he gets big minutes. I think he's going to have um, – I think he's actually going to have some more minutes than I think you are thinking he's going to be. But I think that just makes him a streamer, not someone you want at the end of your bench. In uh, bigger leagues, Jonathan Isaac is definitely someone I would be uh, targeting simply because uh, he could really put together uh, some, some interesting stat lines. Um, and keeper leagues too, you know. He's uh, he's probably a good guy to um, target, but we have talked about in the, that in the past. Anything else in Orlando? Uh, no, that's about it for me. All right, let's go to the city of brothers loving each other. Philadelphia. For the 76ers, and like I, uh, I think I mentioned, either in this podcast or the last podcast, Joel Embiid with his uh, debut this evening in 15 minutes, destroying the entire world, burning the world to the ground. Uh, 22.7 rebounds, three assists, and a block in 15 minutes. Hashtag don't pick alert. Ooh, don't pick Sean Holmes. Yeah. He had a fractured wrist. Um, going to be out four to six weeks. So hashtag don't pick Rashawn Holmes. Wow. Breaking news here on the podcast. Um, 
one of the guys I think I've been most interested in for this preseason with the 76ers was going to be Fultz. Fultz's um, shot is 29.2%, my friend, and 40% from the free throw line. A very sexy percentage, man. And he has shot one and a half three-pointers a game in his two games. So he has shot three three three-pointers. And you want to guess how many of those three he's made? Zero? Yes, sir. Oh, boy. That is... um... It has been ugly. That's scary. That's downright scary. What, is, what does this mean for the rest of the team? I mean, what, is, what does this mean for Marco Fultz? Are you drafting him at all in the standard league? Um, and, and this is what happens with me with a lot of rookies. No, I'm not. And if I could maybe get him as my last pick, okay, maybe I'll stash him. If it's a roller league, that's a little bit different um, because obviously I'm not super worried about playing those bench players. Fultz is the guy I hope someone else picks, and I hope someone else picks him really high, and he stinks for the first two months, which is what's going to happen. And then once he finally adjusts to playing in the NBA, he'll be good. He'll be on the waivers. I'll pick him up. I'll have a nice value for me. That's a great way to approach him, and I'm with you there. I I don't think I'm going to – I'm not picking him. Maybe if he's the very last pick in the draft, um, and I'm saying this as someone who picked him in the listener league, um, for some reason, and knowing all the things that I know right now, I said, you know what, I'm I'm going to hold on to him instead of uh, putting him on the waiver wire. Screw all y'all. I got good guards. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, it's, this is not looking good for him, but that does probably mean more playing time for Ben Simmons. So let's talk about the sexiness of Benny so far. 24 minutes. Uh, terrible percentages, terrible, 39 and a half and 40. Um, with He has shot 0.83s a game, and he has made a, an astonishing zero. So, hmm. But here's the other numbers in 24 minutes. Six rebounds, five and a half assists, 1.8 steals, 0.8 blocks, and nine and a half points. That's, uh, that, that's nice. That is like um, kind of a broke-ass Ricky Rubio. Yeah, and so, I mean, at pick 50, where he's going, I mean, maybe I don't love it, but I'm okay with it. Um, 52 and 50, I'd like it to be a little later. He's got that kind of rookie hype on him still. But, I think it's still too high. But, I mean, if he was at 60, though, I'd be pretty interested in he that. Can't, but he, he cannot shoot. I think it's a little too high just simply because he can't shoot. And he, he's going to drag both percentages down, whereas at least Rubio can make his free throws. Yeah. Right, he's going to drag both his both percentages down, and he's shot in a lot more attempts than Rubio. I mean, nine and a half attempts in twenty four minutes. If he's playing thirty two minutes, that's like thirteen, fourteen attempts. I mean, that's some serious missage. Um, a couple, a couple of things on this team that I'd like to ask you about. Number one, um, who, if Fultz is going to be suspect, is is Bayless or, or McConnell the? the guy to, to be looking at, or is it just kind um, of a crapshoot at this point? TJ McConnell is a Brett Brown favorite. So I think, and I thought this from the beginning, even if Fultz was good, Fultz is, they're kind of looking at him as a a point guard, but a two guard on the offense, right? They're going to let Ben Simmons run the point. I think when Ben Simmons isn't out there, I think they're going to let McConnell run that offense, even if Fultz picks it up. I don't know how much point guard Fultz is actually going to play all season long. I think they're trying to get him adjusted to the NBA, get his jump shot better, and kind of making him an off guard. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good syn- uh, good synopsis. I think that is definitely what could happen. Uh, speaking of the off guard here, uh, JJ Redick, I think, is going criminally uh, underdrafted. 
in um, in most leagues. He's go- I think he's going to be a little bit more JJ of old. He's going to be playing close to 30 minutes. He's going to be hitting a lot of threes. He's going to be open on this team. People are going to find him. Um, I- I'm liking JJ a little bit more than I think the consensus in um, the, the average draft ranking show. I'm with you too, just because I think he's going to get a ton of minutes. I don't think Lowell, Cabrero, Bayless, any of those guys are really going to steal too many minutes off of him. So Stauskas? Um, Stauskas. Um, not going to be in the rotation. Oof. 116, uh, 116 for Redick. I love that. Um, I'm fine with him. I mean, heck, I could see him being a top 100 player easy. On this team. Oh, I think he's definitely a top. He's a. I think he's definitely a top 100 player because he's efficient. And I could even see it like around 80 with the value there. So I mean, that's a nice 40 spot value. I mean, you know what I mean? If he if he can push his way to like the pick number 80 for the season and you get him at 116, that's that's a heck of a good value there. I'd be excited about that. Speaking of late round values, uh, Dario Saric has played very good minutes. Uh, I wish he was a late round pick. That's the problem with him. 82 and 71. Are people still taking him like he's like he's going to play? 82 and 71. If he was mm. if he was picked where Redick was picked, I'd be loving him. But he's not. Um, if you're a man who thinks Joel Embiid is going to get hurt, he might return that value just in the sense that he'll get a lot of minutes if Embiid sits out a ton. But, I mean, I'm not picking him there. Yeah, you kind of hope you're, everybody's out on him and you can get him for a dollar, you get him late, late in the draft and um... – because I still he's going to play uh, very good minutes on that second team, and uh, man, he can really put up uh, a stat line if he wants to. Yeah, no, a uh, fun player to watch too. Yeah, definitely. And they're going to find ways to get him on the floor and get him uh, playing a, a lot more. So I, I wouldn't. I, I definitely think he's standard league relevant. Some people might think he's fallen out of standard league relevancy, but I, I still I'd rather take a chance on him than a lot of players, simply because of his ceiling. Um, Let's go to the hottest damn place in the country. It is a city in the desert, the Phoenix Suns. Um, anything you learned from the Phoenix Suns? I, I'm seeing a lot of Alex Lynn playing in the preseason. Uh, yeah, 27 minutes a game, excuse me. Um, shooting 73% hmm. from the field that's, on 7.7 attempts a game. Uh, no, that's horrendous. I mean, so... Yeah, Alex Lenz had a hot run of cards here, which, I mean, I think him and Chandler are relatively going to split those minutes since Alan Williams is out for a while. Um, so what is that? I mean, what what's the split? It's probably, what, you know, 28 and 20, maybe I mean, That's better news for Lynn, right? That's better news for Lynn because it looked like he was splitting it three ways, but he's not going to – I don't think he's going to start. Like, some nights he's going to play 30-some minutes, and some nights Chandler's going to play 30-some minutes, and this is the exact problem we talked about in our preview. The more interesting thing for me, and, and it could be a small sample size thing, is in 26 minutes a game, Mr. Devin Booker, 4.7 assists. Um, the Suns have talked a lot about giving him more ball handling duties this year. Um, important to remember, he's still super young. Um, we both talked about this a lot. He scores a lot of points, but he's still kind of getting a little bit overdrafted. Um, if he can tick those rebounds up, though, to to four – Four and a half. I mean, he gets a little bit more interesting, and he has a better shot of returning the value where he's getting picked at. I probably won't own him much this year, just because I think he's being overdrafted, though. Yeah, he's definitely being overdrafted, and that that is a shame because uh, I, I think he's going to provide a pretty good value. Um, 
if he was being considered like he used to be considered. But when you score 70 points in a game, you just, you're just you never going to be overshadowed again, um, especially when you're that young. Josh Jackson with a really good line tonight um, in the Suns-Portland game. Uh, he played 40 minutes, so this is skewed. It's preseason. It's 40 minutes. But still, he was able to put 22 points up, seven rebounds, two assists, two steals, and a block. Uh, Josh Jackson's going to have some talent. I just don't think he's going to have the playing time. Uh, and it's, it's scaring me off Mr. TJ Warren a little bit because they have a, a lot of those power forwards. I mean, they're going to want to play Bender. They're going to want to play Chris. I think they might play those two together a little bit. Um, so Josh Jackson, I think, is going to get some minutes. I think TJ Warren, I mean, has been playing a lot of minutes. I think maybe his minutes get knocked down a little bit. They're going to want to play Tyler Ulis some. So they might run the Ulis Blitzo Booker lineup. And then Josh Jackson at the four and Dragon Bender at the five, like go real small. Um, I think TJ Warren could just be in a little bit of a pinch here. Now he's not being drafted super high. Um, you can still get him 129 and 125, which I think is fine for his value. I actually think that he's being a little underdrafted, but don't expect a huge TJ Warren year just because I think he's going to be a little bit stuffed for minutes. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of mess to go around in Phoenix. Uh, let's let's go to well, who's next. What did I? I think it's Portland, a, a lovely, Portland. beautiful city with great beer. Portland, um, not a lot uh, surprising me here with with what I've seen in this preseason. Obviously, it's Dame and oh, CJ's team, I but uh, I, I will say I have seen not enough Mo Harkless. And I, I read a report that they're thinking about starting one Caleb Swanigan. Oh, Rook. Oh. Now. Look at the Rook stat line here, okay? Let me let me read you just the enticing bits of it. 17.6 minutes a game, 48% from the field. Okay. 70% from the free throw line, which mm. for, a, for a big isn't isn't horrendous though, right? I mean, he's not in the punt territory. He's he's okay. Seven and a half rebounds in 17 minutes. Okay. Now now you got my interest peaked. Is and he, is he hitting threes? Points. Is he hitting any half a three mm. at 40%. What's the steals look like? Uh, half a steal in the four games. Hmm. Half a steal a game in the four games. Interesting. And, and no blocks yet, but it's it's only a four-game sample size, right? So steals and blocks can kind of come in bunches, right, and, and change the average a lot. So I think those averages are probably the least sticky for me right? yes. because they just don't happen as much. Um, but seven and a half rebounds in 17 minutes, like, be nice, right? And – they're kind of undecided on who they're going to start in the sense that they got Lillard, McCollum, and Nurkic. Those three and four spots, I mean, they got Harkless, they got Turner, Swanigan, Zach Collins, Alfaruk Aminu. I don't really know who they're going to play. If they go with Swanigan as that starting four, and they say Swanigan's going to play 30 minutes a night, I might might be interested in a flyer on that, man. Yeah, I, I like where your head's at. I think uh, maybe in deep leagues you you go ahead and take a flyer on Swanigan. Um, yeah, Mo Harkless uh, seems to not really uh, have taken any further steps than when he was in, from his Orlando days. Uh, Alfred Benito is not, not terribly exciting. Any of these guys, though, they're not really being drafted. So if you want to yeah. take a flyer, like Evan Turner's your man, Alfaruka Minu's your man, whoever whoever you, you're back in to play the big minutes, them because none of them are really even being drafted except for maybe as a last pick. So if you got a horse in this race, back it. I'm with you there. Um, 
let's uh, make sure we pay attention to that position battle as we move into the regular season. And let's go to Sacktown, where all the sacks are. Um, you know the most about the Kings. I'm going to let you have at it. Um, they're giving Zach Randolph a lot more shot attempts than I thought they would, which is a scary thought because that's okay. not that's not sexy for a 35-year-old man. Um, I think they're going to start Bogdan Bogdanovich, which is nice, but they're also going to maybe start Garrett Temple. They've been messing around, and I, I say this to people a lot. I don't love to own a king. Um, Jaeger is one of the guys who loves to mess with his rotation maybe more than any coach. He'll start Willie Cauley-Stein for three games, play him 32 minutes, and then the next game he'll play Willie Cauley-Stein 10 minutes off the bench. And you'll be like, oh, why did you do that, brother? What were you thinking? Um, I think he doesn't know what he wants to do yet. He's still kind of messing with it. It's important to remember this team had a ton of turnover, right? I mean, their two longest tenured players are Willie Cauley-Stein and Costa Kufas, both entering their third year on the team. That's it. That's all they got. Um, and then they got f- five rookies, basically, if you count Bogdanovich as a rookie. They've got a ton of new faces. I mean, they added George Hill. They added Zach Randolph. They added Vince Carter. I don't think he knows what he wants to do yet. So this is definitely a work-in-progress team. I, If I'm back on someone to lead the team in scoring, it's still George Hill. I don't think Galabissier or Willie Collestein are going to play as many minutes as you think they are at the beginning of the season, which stinks for fantasy. Tread lightly on anybody. That's all I'll say. I think that's very good advice. Um, we have seen a lot of weird lineups in this preseason, even though someone like Galabissier does look like he is ready for prime time. Willie Collestein has actually, I think, proven he's ready to be a starter in this league. He's he's going to play, uh, but. Uh, I don't know how happy you're going to be. And even uh, Buddy Heald has been talked about not starting, even though they traded for him. Um, I think they saw what Buddy is, and it's not anything super exciting. I mean, Buddy's a a points and threes guy who isn't terribly good on defense. And I I keep telling everybody, I think Bogdan Bogdanovich is Buddy Heald with defense. If Bogdan Bogdanovich is sitting around on your waiver wire right now, would you pick him up? 12 team. Sitting around on my waiver wire. I mean, he's not the worst last round pick, so I mean, maybe, but probably not. I just, I don't have any faith that he's going to play in huge minutes. If I did, I'd be interested. I think he's going to be good. I think he's going to hit some threes. I think he's going to be able to score. I think he's going to be able to rebound a little bit. I actually think he he might play a little bit more minutes than we think he is because I I don't know how many people he will uh, will fit that that role. But man, you just don't know what's going to go on here, do you? Well, they they're committed to playing Temple at the two, right? Some at least some at least like twenty twenty five minutes. Then you got Buddy, who's still going to play. You got Malachi Richardson, who they say they want to be in the rotation this year. And then you got Vince Carter who might play some three just to get some minutes. So it's like they're just even though the, none of the options are great, they just seem to have a lot. Plus, you got to think they play Fox and George Hill together at least a little bit. I have like what I've seen out of Fox though. He does look like a, uh, a NBA player in in the making. And everyone slagged him off, right? We we talked about the rookie rankings when that that part of the season was about, and I said that I'm the four point guards are my top four players. I stand by that. I think Fox is going to be real good down the road. Um, he's just not going to play a ton with George Hill around. Fair. Um, let's go to right back to Texas, um, to the San Antonio Spurs, 
there has been a bit of a point guard battle here, and it looks like uh, Murray might be coming out on top. Um, so they're going to do the Spurs thing, which is what Pop always does, right? Which is he starts the third string guy when the starter is hurt, so the second team guy can play his usual role. I, I, I think that once Parker comes back, Murray probably doesn't play much at all. I honestly think that's the case, that Patty Mills is the backup, and he's going to let Patty Mills be the backup, and he's going to let Murray be the starter till Tony Parker's back. Yeah, that is a very pop thing to do, and I think you're, uh, you're pretty dead on. But as while Murray is starting, he, he's probably worth owning at the end of your draft in, in a 12-team league. I, I think he will um, – Bad free throw percentage point guard. Don't know how yeah, many attempts he's going to shoot. but um, So he's for the right build. It's important to say that. Um, don't know how much he's going to play or what he's really going to do. Uh, um, you're right about that. Uh, the one case I wouldn't pick him is if I cared about my free throws because he could shoot three or four or five attempts a game at some bad percentages. Jerry and Grant or, or Murray? Uh, Jerry and Grant. Ooh, all right. Uh, we haven't seen uh, too much out of Rudy Gay, but I assume he's not really trying to blow the roof off uh, San Antonio in the preseason. It is promising that he is playing solid minutes. He's playing multiple games, like especially as soon as after he had that Achilles injury, right? I mean, that's that's the death nail for a lot of careers. Um, It's good to see him back. He doesn't look great yet, but he's still kind of rounding into form. But he's not playing horrendously like some guys do off an Achilles. So um, I I picked Rudy Gay in the listener league, and with one of my last picks, um, we've seen what Rudy Gay can do, right? Rudy Gay has been a top what 40 player so yeah. you can get him now outside of the top 100 a lot of cases i don't hate that i don't hate that at all um now he had an achilles injury so maybe that limits his value to be in like a top 70 player is the best he can get to well i mean that's a nice little value if i can get it and if he stinks guess what i do to the trash can yeah. So and that's exactly what you want from a, a guy you pick late in the draft. And I think he's a great pick. Simply what you said, the upside is there. Um, Kawhi is still uh, out mysteriously uh, questionable. I think he is going to be ready for the pre- uh, for the season. If not for the first, uh, in the first couple of weeks, he'll be back. Uh, this is the, the increased role of LaMarcus Aldridge on this team though. A lot of reports coming out of San Antonio about how Pop is reworking the offense around LaMarcus Aldridge to get him more involved. Does that make you want to draft LaMarcus maybe in the top 60? Um, I'm okay drafting LaMarcus where he's going and, and right in that kind of general area. I'm not reaching for him in any way, shape, or form. But, I mean, he's he's going 53 and 48. I'm fine with him there. But I'm a lot of times picking point guards there. We talk about that a lot. Um, sure, he's got the upside to be better than that, but it's the Spurs. They're going to let Kawhi do Kawhi things when Kawhi comes back. Uh, they got Rudy Gay now, who's been a good scorer in the past. They got Pau Gasol. They got LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, I could see them sharing the ball quite a bit and LaMarcus just being okay. All right, let's go on to Utah. Anything going on in er, – oh, actually, we've skipped Toronto. Oh, my gosh. The Apparently land... nothing's going on in Toronto. Listen, it is too cold in Toronto. Not yet, I guess, but uh, Toronto, any, anything up there? Norman Powell? Um, Looking like he's the, winning that starting job, right? The Norman Powell fever yet? Um, no defensive stats from Normie. That, don't love that. Don't love the 1.3 rebounds or two assists in 24 minutes. 
Um, Normie's been shooting bad. I just, I don't, I don't get the tinglays about Normie. Uh, he's fine for a last round pick, but I mean, I, I see some guys like really, oh, Norman Powell needs to start. He's going to be great. Okay, well, I mean, he's going as a last round pick in pretty much every league. If you want him, go for him. I'm probably not going for him. Yeah, I, I end up taking him off the waiver wire in our listener league. I, I think it's worth taking a shot, right? You know, he he's shown that he's he can do a handful of things. Um, CJ Miles also, um, you know, looks like he might sneak his way into more minutes depending Points on how he plays. Guy, but right? Yeah, maybe, he's, maybe he's, he's nothing deal. exciting. Yep, he's going to do CJ Mile things. Yep. he's he, That's an occasion he's going to be streaky and he's going to be great, and then he's going to fall off the planet and you're going to you're gonna drop him to the waiver wire just like you do every single year. Um, same with Valachunas. Of course he's going to look good until they stop playing him in the fourth quarter. He only plays 20-some minutes uh, a game. So that's not going to be great for anyone. Anything else here in, in Toronto? In uh, no, I mean, I mean, they got Abaca, they got Valanciunas, they're going to be what they are, and there's nothing I much to say. All right, let's now go to Utah. Uh, uh, your boy Ricky Rubio been scoring a little bit more than than you thought. Um, I think he's going to shoot a little bit more than he shot in the past. Um, because I think they just need a score. I don't think that hurts his assists or steals. I think he's going to be great. In those categories, uh, yeah, I love me some Ricky Rubio. Fine with taking him. As, I mean, I, I got him over Eric Bledsoe, so wherever Eric Bledsoe's going, you know, in that kind of 30, 35 range, I'm fine with Rubio there. Um, and a lot of times I can get some good value on that pick. Yeah, I will say that they've looked good in the preseason, but they've played the Kings, uh, Maccabi, the Suns twice, and the Lakers. So it's not like they are playing uh, – Well, and Rubio's not even playing leaders. that good. I mean, scoring 11.6 points, but only on 35% shooting, uh, 2.2 rebounds, 3.2 assists, the 1.8 steals are obviously very, very sexy. But Rubio's not playing that good, but everyone's just warming up here. I mean, I'm not looking too, too hard into these it's, stats. It's early. Uh, Joe Ingles has looked a bit lost in the preseason, but I, I'm not terribly worried about that. I think his uh, starting spot is safe. Donovan Mitchell has looked uh, very good in a handful of games. Are, are you Are you big on Ingles playing like a super ton of minutes? Because I, I don't know that I am. I think he's going to play 30. Cephalosha might sneak in there, right? Yeah, and Burks has, has been playing some, and and I think that they, no. I don't know how long I don't know how long he lasts, right? He's he's a bit of a pop gun, right? He, he's eventually he just blows up. But, I think Angles uh, is a pretty good player. I, I think he's got uh, he fits this team pretty well. I think he's gonna definitely have a spot on this roster, and um, right now it's it's the starting spot, and um, I don't know. I, I think he'll earn it here, even though his preseason looked bad. I'm not terribly worried just, about Joe Ingles. I'm just not drafting uh, him in too many leagues. Me neither. And the steals are real good from him, right? Even in limited minutes. I'm just always worried about these guys who are as old as Joe Ingles and have never played more than 24 minutes a game. I think he gets more than that this year, but I'm not. I'm not saying it's 30. I'm saying it's like 26 to 28. And in my own personal thoughts, just because I think they got some other guys they're going to play over him. Could be wrong about that, but that's just kind of where I'm at right now. Is Donovan Mitchell a standard league relevant player? Um, Donovan Mitchell's gonna play minutes. Donovan Mitchell's not a standardly relevant player. He's on Donovan, my radar. Donovan Mitchell, though, is a sexy scorer, man. Donovan Mitchell is is slowly working his way up my favorite players to watch list. 
Yeah, he's definitely on my radar now. Uh, Derek Favors has looked uh, better than uh, he has in the past, and even though he hasn't looked terribly amazing, he, he looks like he's going to be um, a little bit more of a offensive focal point. Many, many bounce back for Derek. Uh, not not to the levels he's been at, but going outside the top 100 in both Yahoo and ESPN, 103-123, I believe that uh, he is a top 75 player this year. Wow. All right. Shots fired. Um, let's finally go to our nation's capital, which used to be uh, a very nice place. Um, with the Washington Wizards, not uh, we got Markeith Morris out. We're seeing Jason Smith play uh, his minutes here at the beginning of the season, so just you know, pay attention to that. But you know, other than that, I'm not seeing anything different than what we, we kind of thought was going to happen with this team. Uh, no, not really. Um... Some of these guys are just playing like real, real small amounts of minutes for them, which is a little bit surprising, but I guess not really. Um, I just think these guys are going to be what they're going to be. Um, I'll, I'll say a mention for Jody Meeks in a deep, deep league, uh, a points and threes type of guy can just really nail the threes, maybe get you a steal. Um, not going to play a ton, but in like a 20 team league, Jody Meeks is the kind of guy I like to pick up and just enjoy the threes and the points for. Yeah, fair. I think uh, Meeks would be a decent, a deeper uh, round pick. Same, same with um, Jason Smith. I know he's a little bit older, but it looks like, you know, they're going to have him in the rotation as long as uh, Morris is out. And then once Morris comes back, uh, he'll probably, in, in a deep league, you know, he might still have some relevancy depending on how they uh, rotate from using Smith at the four. Um, Gorta and Mahimi look like they're still going to share minutes, and that's exactly what we thought going into this uh, season. And uh, Ubre, you know, uh, he's got a lot of talent there, but the minutes, uh, we'll see. Um, so, yeah, that's it for our preseason uh, recap. Um, if you like what you're hearing, uh, please rate us, review us. That is the number one way you can help out our podcast. Tell a friend, tell your league. And um, it helps us continue to do what uh, we are doing on this podcast and provide it uh, out to the masses. Uh, Tyler, do you got anything to plug? No, man, just enjoy your draft this weekend. Um, enjoy life. It's a great day. Wow. What, Pick all that? the guys you want and then go outside and enjoy the maybe one of the last warm weekends of your uh, year. Jeez. That was uplifting until you're like uh, the the death throes of winter are going to come and touch you with his icy hands. Um, hey, some people are into winter, man. Yeah, Don't those people are terrible. You're still firing shots at everyone, man. Yeah, I'm, you know what? I'm having a day of it. It's it's almost the weekend. Um, I like to drive to winter. I don't like people who like winter. I don't think live. Uh, they 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 live in a place that has seasons. People who don't like winter live in a place that has seasons. People who like winter either drive to winter or it's always freaking winter there. Like the Minnesotans and the Alaskans, those guys are crazy. And you know, I, I have a few of those uh, as my friends, so I, I, I get it. I get why they're crazy. Winter will do that to you. Winter is a interesting time of year. Winter is coming. Um, that's my uh, man. Game of Thrones references this this week. Um, Tyler, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at Watsy four 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 four. And you can find me at Watch the Boxes, like Tyler said. Enjoy your drafts this week. It is the best time of the year. Thanks for joining us, everybody, and good luck.